Okay, so we have another free ad for Zencaster, the high-quality studio podcasting platform uh, that creates reliable, high-quality... It fucked up again, you guys. Audio got fucked up. So here is Political Shitstorm. Three. Political Shitstorm 2020. Eat the rich? I don't know what the fuck I'm calling this. Welcome back to Mindwave Political Shitstorm 2020 edition. Does not have a name yet. Maybe we will come up with that by the end of the episode. Returning all-star Phil Ord. Phil, say hi. Hello. How's it going? Welcome, buddy. And returning guest Chandler Bryant is joining us for his first political shitstorm. So Chandler, welcome. I will definitely be a regular. I'm sure you will, and you don't have to do that with your voice, honey. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck you! I hate my squeaky voice! Uh, no, it's great. Chandler's hearing his own voice through studio headphones for the first time, so this is this is entertaining God for me. damn it! Oh. You sound like Eugene Merman. Fuck you! <laughs> so, uh, Phil, this was this was your... Uh, I'll let you kick it off, because you were you were one of, one of the best people in the Mindwave universe who... Uh, pop up and be like let's do this and i'm like yes i need motivation so you wanted to you Nigga, wanted to i get was second <laughs> i was second bitch true true phil's phil's the best phil's been here since the very very beginning though all right so all I'm, right, I'm gonna yeah. let him kick off the episode we're gonna talk about bernie we're gonna talk about biden oh i had updates um obviously you all know by now or should bloomberg dropped out and is supporting biden which is interesting um I do know what Yang's announcement is for tomorrow. I don't know if I should spoil it. Oh, I think it was already spoiled on Problem Solver Politics, man. It was already spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Mayoral? No, actually. Um, If if I may, I'll do it. Yeah, it's basically a super PAC, but technically a 501c4, where he's going to, um, A, have these projects uh, be enacted in real life and collect data from them in order to push policy and also to probably eventually lobby the government during this cycle because he thinks that we cannot wait till 2024 for this shit. Um, And to also put UBI and other favorable candidates into uh, positions where they can actually win uh, local races. So, yeah, not just local, but also like to get into like Senate seats in Congress. So, yeah, of course, that could have been just a very elaborate hoax. So I'm not I don't want to be sued, but yeah, no, no, no. I think I think that um, I mean, and this this was everybody in the Yang gang kind of assumed it was going to be some big, huge thing. Oh, he has a VP slot. Oh, he's going to run for mayor. I think he's probably still tossing around the idea of uh, doing the mayoral thing in New York. Um, if I, but, yeah, this really is. Also, Crystal Ball this morning on the Hill said that uh, the best way for Bernie to win would be to make a deal with Warren and put her as VP in order to uh, really rally the uh, suburban, white, educated, 
you know, young college person around uh, him. But if that's the case, then Biden will just do one better and just uh, get Yang as VP and make a big deal about pushing for UBI. And boom, that's the entire race right there, because as soon as he does that, the Yang gang is going to fucking just they're going to go digital Antifa on Bernie's bros. So <laughs> what were you going to say, Phil? Um, I was going to say uh, it was just kind of amazing how. Bernie just kind of got a, a denial from the general public uh, yesterday. Well, it was it was split in a lot of the places, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think you know the echo chamber of the Bernie Bros on Reddit is finally uh, kind of you know starting to crack. Crack, yeah. and we need to be careful. They've had this. As they've had people. this in their mind that like that. Oh, Bernie's a guaranteed win. <clears throat> And I've been paying attention. I'm like, no, Bernie's a fucking Hail Mary, you guys. Yang was a slam dunk. This is this is by no means guaranteed. Well, I oh, mean, no. we and, do and have the- to realize that uh, Yang was also, we were in an echo chamber of ourselves, and we needed to get it out to everybody. And it was, uh, I think that's why he didn't do as well as we thought he would. Yeah. I have my hand up. Chandler? Yeah. Um, I, I see you, bro. Okay, what I was going to say is that... Um, yeah, we first. Um, what, what I don't know what they expected because they were very much concentrated on the left coast, California, Washington, Oregon, some of Texas, some, and you know maybe they had these big wins in the first three states. Which, by the way, congratulations to them because no other candidate has ever gotten the first three states back to back to back. But at the end of the day, they are still an echo chamber that are only really, you know viable on the left coast and this is bernie's last run so of course they're feeling they're they're desperate but at the same time i think they they coasted on their wins in the first three states and that and they they were feeling overconfident they thought like biden wasn't gonna do anything because he can't fucking talk so (laughs) but no they think they got it in the bag they absolutely bernie bros absolutely think it's in the bag it is by no means (laughs) But we can't. This, I'm, I wa- hey, I was. I'm, I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be kind of a partisan here and say I. I do not believe. And I used to be a big Bernie bro. 2016. I do not believe. Uh, I think Bernie winning is an extremely bad thing because it's just basically Trump of the left, especially because um, people like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez have kind of pushed that party. I mean, push that progressive direction in this insane, intersectional, just complete nonsense uh, from a government where literally they think the government can provide all the services, goods and services we need for a better price and more efficiently. It's 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 not it's not going to work. Absolutely. That wing of um, the party is. I didn't finish my last one. Can I please? Uh, I <laughs> see. This is what I'm talking about with three people, man. I, but I, but I literally raised my hand challenge. before that. Okay. Though, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now. Thank you. I'm being, <laughs> a, I'm being a Biden right now. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. And Yang, we were the Yang gang was definitely an echo chamber, and we were very afraid to let people into our groups, into this sort of society that we formed because we were like so comfortable with the people that we already had. We were afraid to let people in because now we already had our own nomenclature, we had our own, um, we had our own everything, and it was like other people. Whenever they did come in, they ended up, you know, ruining shit or being 
political spies, believe it or not, for other campaigns. So we ended up growing, having a distrust of other people. And I think that also has affected the Bernie bros as well. But then, yeah. but then that turned into negative partisanship of other candidates and that didn't help anyone. If we would have maybe rallied uh, together and started like campaigning uh, with these other candidates and started like trying to get, trying to pull a lot of Pete supporters, trying to pull a lot of club supporters. We didn't even know club was going to be a, a reasonable contender. We thought she was, you know, that one aunt from down the road that nobody really pays attention to. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And on your uh, comment on uh, progressivism, uh, God, your name on this thing is confusing me. But um, uh, damn it, I forget your name now. Phil, Phil. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, his, Just so his people name. are aware, it says Blow Jay Simpson. Yeah, I was about to say that. But anyways, yeah. progressive. Pro- Last time it said filthy cheesesteaks. So, but progressive. <laughs> he always has fun names in here. Progressivism used to not be something that was so radical and so left. In fact, Teddy Roosevelt, a, a progressive, was a Republican uh, going against a uh, self-described socialist. In um, damn, what was his name? He eventually became president during that three-way uh, race where Teddy split the vote. What was? His- oh yeah, Woodrow Wilson. So um, progressivism used to be something completely different. We were fighting for not, you know, like perceived uh, rights that weren't there. But well, yes, but also we were fighting to or they they were fighting at the time to for just a, a decent standard of living, not anything too drastic. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that whenever it comes to the progressive movement. Yeah, this is the part. This is the part of the left that. I've been pointing at in saying that's the thing that it, that it created the alt-right. It's fueling the alt-right. It's that, that level of extremism, the hard swings to the left, um, that are really fucking dangerous. Okay. If, if you're talking about like social cohesion, um, between, you know, Americans, we all have to live here. We all have to share this country. So I think Bernie is uniquely dangerous. Um, as a candidate specifically for that reason, not necessarily because he is ideologically compromised, but his base absolutely fucking is. They have are just like swung way too hard to the left and everybody, half the country is ready to hate Bernie as much as they hate Hillary. They're ready to obstruct him at every step of the way. We are looking for, if Bernie gets the nomination, we are looking forward to four more years of chaos and violence and nothing getting done. No matter who gets um, the presidency at that point, because either one is bad. Yeah, it, it was like it, Yang was our our ticket out of that of that future, um, and and we we missed that boat. <laughs> but you had something to say, Phil? Um. Yes. Uh. What? What the problem is with Bernie is that he has a scapegoat, and the scapegoat is the rich. He has always basically been convinced that the rich are the root of all evil. He was even, you know, railing against the rich in the 90s tech boom, even when things were going pretty well in this country. Uh, and I think he just has this visceral hatred towards the wealthy, which is, I think, not really appropriate because, believe it or not, people that do get wealthy do so usually by, you know, providing a very valuable good or service so it's not I'm, not, I'm not trying to suck the dick of billionaires here. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you this you cannot, like... to just demonize wealth like that is is not, is is a misinterpretation of capitalism because it's not a fixed pie just because someone gets rich 
does not mean everyone else gets poorer. And I, and, you know, just like Trump's scapegoat was immigrants, uh, Bernie Sanders' scapegoat is rich people. And that, you know, we've seen what that's happened in the past and that's led to guillotines <clears throat> and people being, you know, executed in the street. And yeah. it's, it's like, a oh, shallow we, message. It's sorry. Yeah. This, is, this is a shallow message now because he actually is one of the people that he's demonizing. You know what I mean? This is why it's so hard for a lot of us rational people in the middle to take him seriously is because he's demonizing wealth and now he's literally in the 1%. So it's like, yeah. And I think, oh, and especially with his comments about Cuba, that really people really woke up to that because you don't just praise, you know, a, a fucking literacy program in an authoritarian regime like it's oh it's oh they did some things right they did nothing right you know technically 100 percent of north koreans can read and that's because everyone has to vote but there's only one name on the ballot so <laughs> yeah or like uh, that's just like saying oh the soviet union did a lot of good things because they did some space exploration and everyone allowed... had food at least right people and they, put... they sure had a great work program <laughs> and they put a, the, a theme they had gender equality Oh, great. I mean, everyone's a fucking slave now. Um, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to say if, this. It's it's political shitstorm. This is unfiltered. I, I'm going to I'm going to say a, a few things here. First off, if you want to say that economic concentration is a problem, it definitely is. But at the same time, just blaming it on someone who has this vast amount of wealth is ignoring, like Phil said, the services that they provide. There are good billionaires out there. Uh, I can name two off the top of my head. Now, one of them does some Bill good. Gates, Elon Musk. There you go. Exactly. And even even Jeff Bezos, he does some horrible things with Amazon. But at the same time, you got to look at Blue Origin and what they're doing for space. Blue Origin is trying to put industry in space and, and is pioneering that uh, that ground there or that space there, <laughs> as it yeah. were. But uh, putting tour, uh, you know, tourism in space, he's 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 pushing that. And eventually, you know, factories in space, energy production in space. That's his goal. He's only I mean, he already said that it's not going to happen in his lifetime. He's just setting the infrastructure there. But at the same time. That's an invaluable service for our future. Now, do I think that a government should be involved in that? Definitely. But with with our current economic situation and the tax revenue situation and everything, which I want to get into later because I am an economics freak. But <clears throat> with all that, it's, it's not feasible at the moment because we have too many problems. Uh, so there are some good things that billionaires do. And if you want to take a look at another time whenever there was – uh, economic concentration, and it was a problem. You can look at uh, the car, not the carpet baggers, but the um, what are they called? The robber barons, which that's what people are equating it to nowadays. And I could see that, but at the same time, you know, uh, right after that, whenever people did uh, take a more moderate but still progressive stance for the time, uh, we had an eight-hour workday, and it started falling. I mean, you can. I'm not sure if you would. Uh, get on to Teddy, get Teddy Roosevelt for that because he did uh, break up the trusts, and I do think that we need to do that. But at the same time, he didn't ignore the um, the benefits of capitalism. That's why we still, you know, have it. <laughs> yeah, and just an important flag on Bezos because people like to shit on the guy for how Amazon is run. He's not the king of Amazon. I mean, that is there's like a board. He doesn't just get to unilaterally make decisions there. There's financial profit 
incentives and motives and everything built into the way that Amazon runs, where they are running exactly how the laws are set up for them to run. They're running completely. So, so demonizing him is, is the wrong move, but Phil, you had, you had, um, at the, a, at the same time, he there. is kind of breaking labor laws in some cases. Uh, de- de- debatable. I mean, that's that's a conver- that's a larger conversation about Amazon, the multinational, multi billion dollar conglomerate. It's not really a conversation about him, yeah. Because I- it, and it's the same thing with Zuckerberg and Facebook. It's like the, this thing is a fucking monster now. It you can't blame him for not being able to leash that motherfucker. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think people need to realize that capitalism is not a perfect system but it's the best system we have. And we are seeing some side effects that I don't think we've as a society seen before, especially in industrial, more industrialized countries like the United States. And this is not just the United States. It's everywhere where you are seeing uh, wealth, quote unquote, wealth inequality, and you are seeing a stagnation in wages simply because productivity is putting humans out of work. And I I genuinely think that that's what's going on here. And, uh, so, so we need a we we need to fix it with something that's fair, like a like a VAT tax. Instead of saying, "Oh, you're you're immoral for having a lot of wealth because some people don't have as much wealth as you," no, let's be like, "Here, let's you are providing a lot of productivity. Let's put a little bit of a tax on that productivity so everyone can get some of the benefits of it in a bottom up equal manner." You know. Yeah, and this this is an important an important point because this is a supply and demand problem. Um, because the supply is going up, but the demand is going down because of economic in- insecurity. People can't. Aff- people know what they want. Okay, if you gave somebody a thousand dollars right now, they'd go and and know pretty much exactly what they want on Amazon. The problem is that people don't have that amount of financial freedom to make those calls. Um, but th- th- it it really is kind of like that. Like the supply and demand problem is is a problem that's solved with with incentives and it's not just by saying oh look these people are really good at making money let's take some of that money and give it to you andrews and this should be crystal clear is that andrew's plan andrew's vision was to harness the wealth that you are already creating your dad is creating the wealth that we are you know it, again as sir as phil said it's not a zero-sum game you know one slice of the pie for you does not mean one slice less for me it's really we're harnessing our own our own growth. We're harnessing our own the wealth of our own data. And that's what we were trying to get our hands on. We weren't just saying, no, those rich people shouldn't exist. Let's take their money and give it to everybody else. And this is a fundamental huge difference in 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 ideologically if you're tackling this problem of wealth inequality that is worth a gigantic fucking flag. So, but Chandler, Chandler, you have your hand up. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and it's not, it's not just that it's deeply rooted in economics. I mean, look at what a VAT tax is. It's a value added tax. And what it basically is, is a tax on every sale that a company uh, does. And every, every time that they buy a service or a product, like for instance, if a, a steel mill uh, bought iron and coal uh, or not a steel mill, but like, I don't, a refinery or something bought iron and coal from a mine, you know, that would be taxed. And then the mill would mill it out and, you know, they would have to buy it from 
uh, the person that creates the raw resource. And, you know, that would be taxed. And so every transaction along the way, along the pipeline, and that's a value added tax. And it's creating wealth in the economy through that currency circulating. The only problem is that it's not circulating uh, down towards the bottom, like uh, people are saying. And so that is a problem. So this is basically taking that and injecting it in so that it can circulate from the bottom. But more than that, let's go into economics for a second. Do you guys, um, this is just a, a one word question, a one word answer, by the way. But do you guys know why we have boom and bust cycles? Creative destruction. Jenner? If Phil's answer is good enough for me. I mean, it, yeah, it is kind of like that. Okay. Um, uh, uh, unpack, unpack. <laughs> okay. Boom and bust. I, the boom and bust cycle is created by an expansion of credit. Every time that the, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, sets rates low, it means that banks can start to loan more. And uh, you'll see this during the subprime mortgage crisis. Whenever they can loan to more people, that caused a serious boom because more cash flow. Yes, it's it's uh, it was eventually uh, contracted because of debt. And that's, you know, part of the bust cycle. Big booms lead to big busts. The bust is caused by a contraction of credit. And credit is just a, you know, them being able to loan out. Now, the UBI would take out the whole boom and bust cycle in that regard, because now it's an endless flow of capital that's guaranteed to the person. They don't have to take out loans to do as many things. And so we are seeing more growth and more people that are saving to inv invest. So there's not that boom. And anytime you see an economic boom, that's what should make you feel uh, a que queasy in your stomach because it's going to eventually bust. Because every time you see that, that is a bubble. But something like a UBI is more stable because it allows people to have that uh, circulation of cash flow without taking out a loan and without selling themselves into debt slavery. And so we aren't going to see this big contraction like 2008 it's a restabilizer for the economy exactly and this is this is um another thing that's brought up um <clears throat> repeatedly is that we've always framed the yang gang always frames the vat as a as you know what it actually is this is a value added tax on production so we're taxing the value that's added new value new new worth that's being produced in the production process, we're taking existing growth and rechanneling that back in. Now, one of the big reasons that the VAT is not popular in a lot of places, uh, especially throughout Europe, this is one of the things that we get back a lot as the Yang Gang is saying, well, like, no, a VAT is regressive. And I'm like, well, no, it depends on how you use a VAT. What are you using your VAT for? If you're using it to, to pay out dividends, to your citizenry for creating the value and the wealth of your fucking nation. That's very, very, very different from how anybody else uses this. But that is something that I, I still feel like not enough people understand. And this is, it goes back to the Andrew Yang thing is like, you were saying, you were saying Chandler, that it's like, we were afraid to kind of let people in. I'm like, no, it's because we know that they weren't taking the message seriously in the first place, they we knew that they weren't digging into it to this level to try and understand the economics, to try and understand like the 
the rationale behind it. They were just like, yay, Asian guy, free money. Yay. You know, so that was the thing that we were always, that was our biggest barrier to trying to get Andrew's message out there was this kind of like too good to be true. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it thing. And it's like, it's going to take a while to drive this home for a lot of people. Um, but that, that really, really is the challenge. Phil, you had, uh, I'm, I am through my notes, Phil, it's you, man. (laughs) You've muted your microphone, brother. Oh, which I appreciate because that's going to help me in post, but no, that's great. No, it's great. It's going to help me in post. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, uh, yeah. So it's basically channel. You're saying it's basically a cushion. So it's, it's basically like a stimulus, but constantly all the time. It's stability and instead of an influx of credit. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. It's recycling. It's it's really the recycling of wealth. It's not distribution. It's recycling. Right. And, and we are like, Oh, it's free money. The government is not printing money, brother. Like, come on. It's basically saying we're taking money that exists elsewhere with transactions and we're just giving it back to everybody. And everybody else who created it, that is a really, really, really fucking important thing because this is not a handout. This is already your fucking money. Well, I I wouldn't say it's your fucking money, but it's money you helped create. Yeah, Yeah. Well, yeah, it behooves everyone to all benefit guaranteed from the economy no matter what in case some shit goes wrong and uh oh i, let me, I was gonna go back to like i mean Chandler probably knows more about economics than me but it seems like one of the reasons why we have some of these bust cycles is because uh it, would you say it's at all because the government tries to you know decide how much you know, interest rates are for like credit and whatnot. It's not when- the government. It's it's the private Federal Reserve Bank. And the contraction uh, comes whenever they raise interest rates, which um, of which help, which contracts the credit. And um, it means that banks can't loan as much and they also need to start calling their loans. And so it ends up, you know, all that free all that money that people, you know, took a loan out on. Now the banks are calling it in and it's causing that crash because of malinvestments, bad investments, because people don't have that cushion in order to make that investment, make their mistakes early on and then like learn from it because they don't have that. Uh, they don't have any more other than what they took out as a loan. And so these bad investments, you know, they they, they thought that they would thrive because of all the indicators. But in the end, they were like I said, bad investments. So these people went bankrupt. And now what you see is a consolidation of this wealth into, you know, a few hands, yes, and into industry. And it's circulating up there, but it's not going down to the people due to automation. And that's kind of the thrust of what Yang is talking about. Automation is causing the, the cash flow to not uh, go down and circulate from the bottom. And so it's causing a big, not only a big divide in wealth, but it's causing human suffering. And so the yeah, UBI and the VAT was going to take from, you know, all the wealth that's created up there and inject it back in. So to create a more stable and healthy economy in order to help yeah. the situation in the United States in order and bonus, it would prevent a lot of boom and bust cycles, especially since he wanted to also uh, put, um, put it to where financial literacy was part of schools. It would help people to save, to invest and not use the printing press in order to yes, get their to wealth. Understand the dangers of writing blank checks. People don't write yeah. blank well, it, checks for money. Do you don't have, it, it seems to me like maybe the, the, the government might have a, 
role to play there. Like, for example, like get uh, like just so check my just to check my understanding of economics. I did some research on why college tuition has just increased so high when it, you know, compared to regular inflation. And it's like it like diverges away from regular standard of living inflation or, or whatever, like on the graph. Right. I'm not sure exactly what to explain it, but but it's be, but I've and more conservatives say this. But the reason why is because the government, you know, wanted to, you know, try to, you know, help people get an education and gave out loans, which is act, actually what's really screwed up the market because now there's a surplus of money that doesn't exist that the schools compete for and they all keep jacking up their prices. And in my opinion, it seems like the government should instead don't give out loans, but give sums of money to each state for college uh, for public college tuition free seats not for everyone like for a limited amount of them i don't don't know someone check me on that here yeah um the private actually the the private firms are giving out these loans to students in order to um in order to pay for college you know they were charging too much interest to these students after the fact and so the government kind of stepped in like hey maybe we should just loan like if you're not gonna like if you're gonna be predatory about it we're gonna start loaning it ourselves and so that was meant to help. But I think a lot, I think instead we should have skipped the entire loan process altogether because debt is not good. But yeah. 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 So it's, it really it's is. Not, it's not the, sorry, General, really quick. It, so it's, it's not the greed of the, the, the colleges like Bernie thinks it is. It, it, it's, it's literally bad government policy in the first place, right? It's it, it is it's it bad is policy bad all around incentives. It's ba- we have bad incentives built in the way into the way that we structure our society, and academia should not be a fucking business model. Okay, like freedom, like academic pursuits should not be. That should not. There should be absolutely no financial barrier to that whatsoever. And, Systemically, if we're and, talking as a nation. We want the most highly educated, best fucking people. That's. This is a cost-benefit analysis without the analysis of the fucking benefits, and it's an incentives problem. We're just – we need to change the incentives and say, you know, like, let's not create a business model where schools can do this. Let's make them entirely publicly funded and and, and in some sense regulated in a way that's fair that doesn't allow schools to, you know – play that game i mean we're 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 digging at the, the deeper problem here which really is just all about incentives yeah well I, anyway. I do think uh if a private college like you know that that's not a public state college if they want to provide business for a you know hefty fee and give out scholarships like i don't know i don't see why the government should subsidize harvard or yale i think they should only subsidize or provide free seats at public state colleges as an alternative to the uh the uh profit-driven model of private education i can agree with that because it's a lot like our our uh elementary through high school and that at that point because there is a difference between public and private at that point but now there's profit uh to be had in public schools as well which i agree should not be the case if if there's going to be public schools then they do need to be uh, paid for by taxes. Now that is expensive, but at the same time, you know, I think there's a lot of fear mongering about taxes. Like, yes, um, taxes do take up more out of your paycheck, but that's, that wouldn't be a problem if you didn't have these loans to pay for, if you didn't have these, 
uh, if you didn't have your student debt, if you didn't have to pay for tuition, if you didn't have to save for your kid to go to college, if you didn't have to uh, pay these debts that you have to the hospital, uh, you know, that's one thing where I or can. Or if you had an extra thousand dollars a month. But that is one thing where I can agree with Bernie on at that point is that if you didn't have to worry about all these things, taxes aren't so bad. But yeah. Uh, it's a it's about getting his his mob to learn that because th- this goes something something to the um, elitism question, which we should totally want elites in our society, especially within the market. I've, I've used the brain surgery example. If you get a brain tumor, you want the most elite surgeon out there. Are you going to go to the budget doctor down down the road in the strip mall? No, you're going to go to the best elitist that you can uh, wait, find. Wait, ma- ma- may I interrupt for a second? May I interrupt for a second? It, as soon as I finish my thought, because this this goes to the healthcare thing, Fine. because because Bernie's plan is to eliminate private insurance, whereas a rational position in the center would be like, no, just make sure everybody's covered. But if there's some rich asshole in West Hollywood who wants to go get Botox and wants to pay a premium for some super high elitist bullshit insurance policy let that happen why the fuck not like yeah you know what i mean i I can agree with that but at the same time i think that you know the the incentive for doctors is also uh vastly imbalanced there as well i think that uh doctors you know they yes they've been treated as a skilled trade but they i think instead we need to change that so that they are a service for the public good and to do that we would need to change the way that they're paid and that's why i i like how yang said that we need to make doctors uh salary workers instead of you know paid by the uh operation how many how many 100 dollar bags of fucking saline they sell people yeah no it's the the it this is all an incentives thing the 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 main problem that we're digging at everybody's looking at the surface shit bernie's trying to solve the surface problem you need to dig down to the fucking roots and actually look what what the bedrock of the actual problem is and it's just bad incentives economists love yang but other people aren't economists so (laughs) go ahead phil um yeah uh that's the one of the things I will definitely disagree with, like because I consider myself libertarian philosophically. Uh, I'm, but I'm also like I have a pragmatic bone in my body. Uh, it seems like if I like the way I actually like the way Pete Buttigieg put it, where he's like, "Oh, people, you know, the definition of freedom doesn't necessarily mean, you know, uh, com- always just." 100% economic freedom. It can also mean freedom from knowing that if you get sick, you won't go fucking bankrupt. And I think and I think that's why a a coverage system for everyone guaranteed is just where we have to go. It's it's like most other countries can do it. It's not perfect, but it seems like it's we, Absolutely. We, the healthcare thing in this country we really need to start offering it to people. And people are just like, oh, it shouldn't, it's not a right. And I get pissed off at Bernie where they're like, healthcare is a right. No, it's, if something's given to you, that's not a right or it's called a positive right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we shouldn't say it's, it's a right. We should say it's a privilege, but the government ought to help people have it. Okay. Um, 
people get really ticked off when you call it a privilege because then they think that you're attacking their right to life because a lot of people will say that health care is about um protecting the right to life as enumerated in the constitution and also if you believe some people uh given to you by god himself i don't know if you're an atheist but you probably are because atheism is growing but, I don't but you have to look at the default. You have to look at the default. The default of society is no medical care at all. The only reason why medical care exists is because of the uh, of the progress of civilization in general. Yeah, so, Phil, not to be a, that kind of a dick, but at the same time, uh, if you look at the default, you would have died years ago. I get it. I understand. That's why I'm advocating for a public option of universal health care because I need it. Everyone needs it. But to say, oh, it's... It, it, it's it's interfering with your right to life. The government's helping me. It's not. It, it's it's not saying. It's not. It, it's helping me. I, I'm not owed what they owe me. I it's 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 helping me because society has said, hey, you know what? It's good to have even the weakest among us participate. So so, so know, wait, are you saying that the people that are supposed to represent you don't owe you that representation or your or that I'm saying for your you, life? I, I am not owed the half million dollar back surgery that saved my life. It was given to me because we live in a society that will value my life, even if it's not necessarily owed to me. I think we just need to realize, okay, a good or a service is not owed to someone. But if it helps society be a better place, the government has a place sometimes to help people pay for it. That's all I'm saying. There is there is a nuanced a nuanced point there. It's it's because and this this invokes um, the the questions of human rights. Okay, as as a as a fictional thing that we've all come around per Yuval Harari, it's the the idea of basic human rights is like this. This is a is certainly something that we should keep. Um, are running as a subroutine on on the hard drives of our brain that like yes this is the world that we want to live in but it's also by no means guaranteed to us we don't have divinely given fucking rights but the point there is that ha- this is how America is supposed to be different we are supposed to value life liberty and the pursuit of happiness above everything else so when we're when we're framing questions of rights especially when it comes to the right to health care the right to education. We have to take both of those positions into account. And it's very nuanced. It's extremely nuanced to say that like, yes, this isn't necessarily, this is not ordained from above. This is not a, a God given right that we have, but it's something that we should value and we should believe in as a society, especially as the richest, most powerful nation in the history of earth. I see three hands. I oh, raised mine first. Is, this is, you did, Phil. Phil's next. Right. So it does it to Phil and then Chandler back to you, man. I'll be quick, Chandler. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, uh, I, I let's look at this in terms of positive and negative rights. I think some rights, I, I know it's, it's at the end of the day, rights are a mythology that we've invented for ourselves, but they're very important in terms of human yes. progress. And I think the- uh, Like the dollar. Right. Yeah. And I think the, <laughs> the United States- Right, and its inception was just like, look it, we have some of these negative rights, basically. You cannot tread on someone that we need to hold as evident truths that are you know, almost sacred. And that's, I think, very important because look at some other countries that have like 
you know, basically done away with freedom of speech. Like you can't say a mean joke and stuff. In the United States, oh, we, yeah. we, we have that, that, that mental idea of like, wait a second, some of these rights you can't tread on. Like, like they almost predate government. So yes, it's a myth. Well, they're, but they're trying to in this country and it's seeing the uh, canary in the coal mine elsewhere of like the, especially the attacks on uh, academic free expression and freedom of speech, especially in the UK. The UK is screaming at me like a supernova from across the pond on this issue because it really is extremely bad over there. When you look at the mere number of cases, hate crime investigation cases that have been opened up over mean tweets. I mean, it is kind of really, really insane what's actually happening there. Okay. Uh, but we're pass it to Chandler here because he's. You I can tell have he's, opened he's... <laughs> a big can of worms in my mind right now. I Okay, so first, first off, the way that I see uh, politics is that every politician that you elect, which is, you know, it's great that we're, you know, a democratic republic. I love it. Uh, But every politician that you elect should be like a public defender. They should be, you know, obligated to advocate Mm. for you and your best interests. And that's why I say that positive rights, you know, they should exist within our society, because if we have built up uh, to this level, then uh, these politicians should not be like, okay, we're just going to take away, you know, all this because, you know, ideology and everything is only a negative, right? And you don't deserve all of this because, you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's, you know, what you get with the Republicans nowadays for some reason. And it's actually very anti-Christian. Yeah, but there's there's scarcity. there's scarcity. I'm just saying there's scarcity in the world. Sometimes something might go wrong and not everybody will be able to get something. Of course. Of course. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to be entitled about it and be like, no, give me this. I'm saying that you have. In terms of production. I'm saying productive that you have legal rights because of the wealth that we built up and because of the way that our system is designed. And. Also, to your point, Jenner, about the UK, I love the fact that we have uh, the right to bear arms in this country. And, you know, I told I told you and Joshua this uh, during the break, during uh, my first drunken episode here. But um, the right to bear arms is so important because um, it because the elites at that point cannot abuse their power because they don't have that right to safety as a as a given they aren't entitled to that right to safety because everyone has the right to take up their arms so they cannot abuse their economic uh power over you now at the moment people have gotten so complacent that you know they're they don't want to allow people to have you know those firearms because they think oh well these people are going to go crazy and just murder everybody first off people that already own guns like if every gun nut was as violent as people say, there would be no anti-gun people. Um, (laughs) Second of all, if you truly value freedom, you uh, you have to value the right to bear arms because it is the right to overthrow the elite and the, it makes the elite sweat and it forces them to advocate in your best interest or at least lie to your face and tell you that they are. Yeah. We're 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 veering into slightly dangerous territory here, getting into gun control, because that's an extremely oh, you know I don't give a fuck. That, that almost it almost needs its own 
a whole entire series by itself. But um, you invoked public defenders. It's they should they should be like public defenders. The uh, uh, and this goes back to incentives is that our public defenders don't even act in their best interest in that way because they they have no. And I'm not talking about all of them because clearly we have good public defenders that they're there because they want to do their civic duty. And there's, you know, but you also, the, the system at large, they are there to get plea deals, you know, and, and Joshua brought up this, this point in his case and talking about how, you know, his experience in the justice system, the, the, the public defender, the, the government provided uh, government defender was not there to secure his best interests. They were there to wrap it up as quickly as possible, get a plea deal, get as much money out of him as possible. And this is this is a fundamental problem. This is not just a problem in our in our healthcare. This is not just a, a problem in our economic structure. This is in our justice system. This is systemic. This is system wide. And it, it's about we need to reclaim as much of this shit as clearly and concisely as possible, as quickly as possible. It's, Phil, you I, had a note. Oh, sorry, I was. Yeah, go ahead. This is a notepad, man. Get a notepad, <laughs> especially with three people, man. It, it, it becomes very challenging. Um, uh, Phil, you're muted. Oh, sorry. I probably only have like 15 minutes left before I have to head out, but um. I was, I was just going to say, uh, what, what was I going to say? Uh, just wanting to kind of bring it back to our original uh, discussion of uh, the political shitstorm that happened uh, the other uh, the other day. And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say let's uh, let's kind of veer more back that so we so I so we so I can have be in this conversation for the topic you know what i mean right yeah yeah centered i mean at mindwave is always has always been an open world for to explore um and really we haven't gone off script here because we're really i mean we're, we're talking about politics certainly okay phil uh, but we're phil. talking about the large the larger systemic problem phil go on uh, about uh, you were you were wanting to talk about the political shitstorm and you said you only have 15 minutes so i'm sorry jenner to cut you off but we both need to shut up <laughs> oh, I, I I appreciate it. Um, I mean, like you, you guys definitely keep going once I leave. But uh, uh, I was just gonna say, I I think this is a good sign, and I want to bring this back to what what I focus on. So yeah, so we'll get back into kind of a niche issue. It's 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 energy and climate change. One of the most absurd things that I think the Bernie camp has done is put out this Green New Deal thing and think it's real and think it's possible and think it won't fuck up the entire energy economy because energy is the lifeblood of all other econ- economic economics. And, of, of civilization as we know Right, it. the Industrial I mean, Revolution. Coal, fundamentally. Because yeah. of coal. Like it, it, it's, it's not because we somehow, I mean, yeah, we had to, you know, we became more educated and whatnot, but it, we, we needed something to do that fucking work for us. And I'm, I'm sorry, but Bernie's uh, like energy system was, it, it, it just didn't make any sense. The dude wants to get rid of base load, constant carbon free electricity uh, with, with, with nuclear power. And you know, there's this cult about wind and solar. I'm sorry, I'm kind of running on a tangent here, 
there's like this cult on wind and solar that's somehow going to like lift us out of fossil fuels, which are cheap, abundant, constant, and uh, downright life-saving, even though they cause climate change. Uh, so it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm very relieved. It's kind of a rebuke of it because I actually went through to read uh, Joe Biden and he's actually very pragmatic. And that is, we need that right now for climate. And I know people are like, oh, we need to change our tune in like 10 years. Well, that's a fucking impossibility. Like we don't need to realize we will be lucky. And I don't want to alarm people. We will be lucky to stop using fossil fuels by 2100. And that's probably the, the furthest we can go without really fucking shit up. I've, yeah. I've, I've got something that will really help, though. Um, I think that this is just one piece of legislation that won't cause too much change, but it will cause a big like it won't cause too much hurt, but it will cause a big change in the way that we use our vehicles. And I think that there needs to be a government regulation that every gas station needs at least one electric charging station because a big barrier to electric vehicles right now is the availability of those charging stations. Like I can't yeah. I can't get an electric vehicle here. There's no electric charging stations within like miles and I'm in Bristol, Virginia, you know, Um so like this is the mountains and we're probably going to be one of the last to get them. Um, so I think that if if we had that sort of regulation there, that it would really uh, open the floodgates for electrical vehicles. It's it's an it's the incentive. It's the incentives thing, man. Right. Again, it's it, yeah. we just need to place the right incentives in place. Yeah, we, we need to take a step back, though. And I can be honest with you. Electric vehicles are not are not right now are not a climate solution because we have a grid that's powered by coal and gas. And yes, that. it's a yeah. little bit more efficient, for sure. Uh, but uh, that, that's the wrong approach. Instead of the government saying, okay, we're just going to push this technology, they need to not push any technology at all and institute a carbon price, a fee and dividend. Uh, Chandler, you should look into it. It's actually a really an a Nobel Prize-winning economist. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, at, at some point, you, why should the government prop up one industry? It just, it's like a subsidy, and it just fucks up the market. Because it's their it. duty. Markets are not sacred. Well, it's well for it's, climate, it, it needs uh, to be this way because you need to be like, okay, what's the problem? Carbon dioxide and methane. What is it? It's greenhouse gas. It's polluting. Use the argument of, oh, you can't violate everyone else's property rights, and like, it's the only thing that will incentivize the economy in the right direction. There's, there's really, you know. The government can't just mandate stuff because right now the, the the one of the biggest things the government is in the way of is nuclear power and it, it, bogus regulations. So at at some point the government needs to be like, okay, we have to stop picking winners and losers, especially for energy, and incentivize the the alternative. So they need to the the best way uh, what the carbon fee and dividend would do is it would tax uh, fossil fuel at extraction based on its CO2 equivalent once burned. So, and they would start out slow and they'd ratchet it up over time. And all of that money would not go to any government program. It would go directly back to everyone's hands. It would be, it would be, a, it would, what we would feed into like a UBI. It's, it's actually interesting. I'm sorry. And I, and, and I know I have a little bit of time left, but I, I think we, that type of pragmatic view of climate that's actually based in evidence and economics we need to go that route and we need to stop with this, you know, idea that the government knows how to just force it to happen. They need to, yes. they need one, to push it the right way. One question first, though. 
I, I can agree with you on some fronts, but I also think that the government is there to also accelerate this uh, sort of change. And I think that that participation and that acceleration is absolutely necessary. And I, I, I disagree with you that the markets are not sacred. And I don't think that, you know, just because these people are, you know, market operators, I don't think that they should like not uh, be subject to uh, government mandate. No, I think that, you know, it is the government's job to to push uh, healthier alternatives. And that's why I also actually ag agree with uh, putting more regulations on, on health standards in our food, uh, like Canada or Europe. Like, I think it is the government's job to do these things. Well, it's this is ex an extremely nuanced thing. And it really is all about framing how how you're framing the problem and how you the, the level of government intervention that you're willing to tolerate to achieve your goals, because a lot of the especially on both the far left on and the far right, the solutions on the table are blunt force instruments. These are the caveman clubs, whereas if we go in there with a surgeon scalpel and we just nick the right artery or something to use a horrible metaphor that places the incentive on the doctor to do the job to save the life you know where like we can do that the the level of government intervention that we that the most effective one anyway is just it's that level of nuanced intervention that incentivizes the right behavior that would incentivize not not mandate by law that every gas station have a electric charging station, but create an create a model where it, it is beneficial to them. It serves the market. It's in their best interest because they get, you know, they get their their carbon exactly. fees offset. You know, it's about set setting the incentives in the right place and it's entirely about framing. We have to be very careful about how we frame these things when we're when we're talking about you know, solutions to issues that are really fucking existential, you know? Right. So that, that, that's, that's always going to be my default fallback and, is and, like, no, let's get the incentives right. And then, and, and I wouldn't say it's the, yes, it is the government's job to protect people from pollution. So I think, I think so for cars, you know, if you want to add some more stuff, put in like fuel, fuel standards, fuel efficiency, fuel efficiency standards. Tried that. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, um, uh, what else? And it, it, well, oh. it, the rest of the world took on better fuel economy, fuel efficiency standards, and we suffered because of that. Because we didn't adopt those standards, we can't sell our cars overseas because they don't meet their <laughs> environmental standards. Right. So, and, 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 to, and, to and guess, guess, guess which president we have to blame for that? It's Trump. Trump. Trump got did away with Obama standards. So that's what I'm saying. If you if you do a half ass thing, the next guy in office is just going to undo it. So we need something that's going to do it in the short. Well, we're, term. like if you looked at renewable portfolio standards, which basically means okay, as the government says, the state must have this amount of renewable energy, and they exclude nuclear and oftentimes hydro from that because they're idiots. Uh, you know, it, you can push that as hard as you want. It's just never going to work. So it, it's like the government can try heavy-handed stuff as much as it wants, but if it's if it, it if it's impossible to 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 do, 
I mean, the government's just because the government thinks it's a good idea does not make it feasible. And I think, uh, oh, and just back kind of to the beginning here, uh, for what you said earlier, Chandler, uh, and I'm also not uh, against the government providing incentives like for, for technology, having the national labs is one of the best things like th- this country does, like and NASA and NOAA, like that 1, is something a government percent. ought to do, even though it's not a right, but it, it makes everybody wealthier, richer, stronger, makes our economy boom. It comes up with patents and, you know, crazy technologies can get started that start out in these places. You know what I mean? The, okay, uh, I'm the just going to say the, that. The one sentence that I have to get out here because I can't I write it down. I don't have enough time. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, people. Good intentions are not enough. You know, I, that, I can that, agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just I need to get this out there, though, that we tried these solutions and the next guy in just undid it all. And now we're back at square one, meaning that we have a lot of catch up to do. And we are way behind the rest of the world, and it's showing because uh, because of where we are. And so we do need, uh, you know, a bit more of a heavy hand in this now because the next guy undid it. We're not way behind. We're, we're, we're not because I'll, I'll give you an example. The shale revolution, even though it's still fossil fuel, has has decreased our emissions dramatically because methane is a much more dense fuel with less carbon dioxide per uh, beat. Yeah, BTU. carbon dioxide. And, it, you know, as long as we, we, we need to make sure we, you know, have methane standards. And yes, you're right. Trump fucked us with undoing the methane standards because that undoes all the progress. But then again, methane only lasts half life in the atmosphere of like 10 years. Uh, but it's also a lot more what potent than carbon dioxide. Is it th- 32 times more powerful? I think it's like 48. Carbon? Well, I, I got to like, look that up. It's, it's just like people pushing natural gas, though, as an alternative to oil. No, actually, yes, it releases less carbon dioxide, but it puts you know another greenhouse gas into the air that's actually worse because it, it, it only lasts more 10 years. heat. But still, you know, we that <laughs> we need to look at a different solution. We cannot, uh, you know, we can't move slowly, and that's yeah. I'm an accelerationist uh, as far as that goes. I well, you. you- you have to sometimes you for something like energy, you cannot shock the economy with it. Like you, you some, I, I I like a ratcheting technique. So where it's like an exponential ratcheting, where it starts out slow, but it sends a signal to the fossil fuel producers: Hey, you're gonna get a price the fuck out of your carbon dioxide in forty years if you do not find something else to do, and then just say fucking go. Uh, so I, I think I honestly think just. Just in terms of this exact policy, I think that that's the best way to do it. And the good thing about a fee and dividend based on extraction is it would put a bigger price on coal because it has a larger equivalent carbon dioxide than uh, than natural gas, even though natural gas would still get a carbon fee, just not as much. But then something like hydro, nuclear, wind, and solar would have no fee at all. And that's basically that incentivizes these companies to be like, shit, if we can just switch to this source that does not produce carbon-free electricity, we never have to pay these taxes. So, uh, Andrew. I, I would, I would be on your, I would be on your side about, about that. If the taxes were very punitive about, about the carbon. Uh, oh yeah. They, they, they need to be very, uh, very strict. Yes. Phil, it's actually worse. I Googled it in real time. 
Methane, uh, in terms of its heat trapping potential for the atmosphere, 84 times as much heat as CO2. So methane, methane is a great fucking thing. And it's almost never talked about in the climate conversation. Everybody's talking about, you know, fossil fuel emissions, which make up the lion's share. But when we look at, you know, methane melting in the permafrost, natural methane that's being re-released into the atmosphere, that is, that is like civil civilization ending level stuff that we need to be focused on. And we got, we totally got off, uh, not, not even really off the theme, which is just political shitstorm, which really is just about the breakdown of our political process and the death of nuance, the lack of people having these conversations where they need to happen, which is not in some drunk assholes podcast. It needs to be like on the Senate floor. Okay. Are you drunk right. again? I told you to stop doing that, dude. I'm always a drunk asshole. What are you talking about? I'm not oh, I'm dude. I'm not drunk right now. I'm just describing myself as a drunk asshole in general. Oh, okay. But I know I know Phil that you're you are short on time here and you're getting ready to head out. Did you have any other Well my, my character is not other, quite uh, here yet. Uh by the way, okay. no well, I'm, I'm I'm being oh. mindful of it, buddy. So whenever you gotta go, let me know. But but wrap, condense your uh your your thoughts and your feelings on on the state of the 2020 election and hardly uh, super where, yeah or, or yeah i yeah. mean just like your your overall gut reaction to to uh super tuesday and and the general uh direction that we're heading let's let's kind of recenter ourselves along that ground wire uh, until your caregiver shows up here and then we can kind of close it out and then Maybe me and Chandler can go on and riff for a little bit more. But this, this, do you guys realize how spectacularly productive this conversation was? Because I do. It's fucking fantastic. I think it's, I think it's definitely good to get these uh, two different views out there. I mean, I disagree with Phil on a lot of things, but we can agree that there does need to be some sort of carbon tax and emissions tax. Uh, I just think that we need to be more accelerationist and more active in our pursuit of these things. That's all. It's it's about it's about unpacking nuance. It's about uh, you know conversation being the tool to move us forward because we're not all going to see eye to eye on every single issue, especially with how diverse you know we are. This would be great. Yeah, this would be great if like we had our own sort of assembly, kind of like in, in, in revolutionary France where they set up a, a secondary government in a different hall that was their own assembly and they were deciding uh, policy that way. This conversation would be fucking great if it was part of well, that. It's part of, it's part of the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist. Not. I mean, it's, we're, we are part of part of the, the machine that's working so, society in the right direction. We're just doing it in an outside the box way. Right, Phil. Um, I was. Uh, I, f- I forget. Just one second. Um, it, it's like, so people like again, like Rhoda Hell's paper, Good Intentions. Bernie may be, maybe right on the problem, but his solutions ass backwards. And I think what we need is uh, people to look at what does the evidence show, and we've missed that. And that's what I love about Yang. Basically, he's the first guy to be like, oh, evidence-based policy basically for first because you, yes. if you know what works, then you know what to do, you know, like like what's tried. You know, so far, every single, like, climate, like, law that they try to pass has failed ever since Kyoto Protocol. 
So clearly we need to totally rethink this and be like, okay, where does the evidence lie? And I think we forgot that. And for example, Bernie is not into the evidence about nuclear power because he was raised as in the hippie generation and uh, was just taught to hate it. And we cannot have that thing. We need to live in a society, I think, where we need to be able to admit that we're wrong and admit that we're not necessarily right uh, and, and be okay with better information once we find it. There's no shame in readjusting your views if you have evidence behind it. And I think that's the future of politics. Like I kind of want to bring like like the scientific method into politics, and I think that increases oh, God, yes. people's ability to be free without being coerced into do shit and to actually, think- you know – benefit the most amount of people that's just my opinion yes it it needs to be sorry chandler it 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 needs to be a scalpel because like we do need evidence-based policy but it needs it needs to be policy that creates incentives creates good incentives takes away bad incentives instead of mandating behavior because yep. we can't mandate behavior. All we can do is place the incentives in the right place if we want to move forward as a society. Um, Two points, though. We, we do need some kind of arm twist there. We need some kind of, of way to make it at least painful to, to maintain the current position. And uh, for the second thing, even Yang, went, even Yang wanted to uh, ban offshore drilling, dude. So, yeah, just saying. That's all. That's that, those are the only two points I was going to say. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean, leave. so much of this is like so much nuance and yeah. so much. I think Phil had leave public leave public lands the fuck alone. Let Teddy Roosevelt do what he did best and just leave fucking leave some land to just be untouched by people. Say fuck it, it's off limits. Go do capitalism in a way to where you don't you don't have to touch these fucking resources that are pristine because honest to god i think plants and animals and the ecosystem they deserve property rights too sorry that's just my moral tangent right sure i I I love it it, but at the same time there's also other public lands like the mojave desert which uh, you know the only thing that it's ever been used for is nuclear testing um and and also to dump nuclear waste in i also think we need to stop that i think i think we need to do something else with our nuclear waste oh man but i i I think, oh, I, I think I want to tell you about that, but oh, most of what people we just opened up a can yeah, of worms. Yeah, well, well cause, cause most of, most of, because I mean, I mean, I, I'm not saying, oh, oh Chandler, shut the fuck up, you don't know anything. But it's because I've been like looking at this shit forever. But the waste issue no, that's great. is, I should talk to you about this later on. But the waste issue for like nuclear power, saying, oh, it's just being dumped in a desert somewhere. That's it's just such a lie. It's not true. It's it's. It's literally a major issue for Nevada. It's a major issue. Well, but it's, well, but it's well, a well, false well, issue, well, though. Well, it's not based well, well, in any well, sort well. of evidence. It's based in fear mongering and all sorts of There's stuff, a lot of fear mongering. That's for another day. And, <laughs> and Chandler, you're actually, you are a newcomer to the show. Phil and I have actually unpacked nuclear power quite a bit on the show. Um, so if you do get a chance, go back in and listen to some, some previous episodes. We talked about... Um, one of the main things Phil and I were going to get into when Andrew was still in the yet in the race was unpacking unpacking how complicated nuclear power actually is because there's so much nuance in terms of energy density and storage and safety and all of the, and and all of, of those things. So, of course, there's and that's and, and thorium 
and thorium no, meets uh, uranium and plutonium oh, on gosh, every see, ground. We're, what I was actually <laughs> at the end of it. We're at the end of it. We're we're okay. like open up. <laughs> open up. Can I please fucking speak, man. Chandler? We're gonna I hang out it. and we're gonna talk about it and uh, and it, it, we're gonna have fun. But uh, uh, thorium has oh, different yeah. properties for sure. But it's it's still a fuel. Well, yeah, but I was what I but it is also much safer as well. Uh, for what you get. That new one. React- it's more the reactor but, um, you use, honestly. But <laughs> but again, the way that you use it is much safer. Do not nitpick with me on this. I will come up. Never mind. I was about to say some really. <laughs> oh well, you shit. have to nitpick Dude, on this because I, it's, it's I, I will go. Not. I will go straight. I will go straight hood on you. Don't even. Uh, well, I'll, Chandler, 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 I will Chandler, shove a fuel rod right up your asshole. <laughs> You can't even fucking oh, have a spoon. But, uh, anyway. are you, okay. Are you on a pause? Are you illiterate? <laughs> Is that what you know about me? Because, uh, or did you like creep on my page? Because how'd you know how disabled I was? Jenna told me. That's hilarious. But uh, uh, do keep, anyway, keep up the roasting. My- Roast me. I love it. My point, my point about public land wasn't about the dumping. My point was that we could use it for other things. Like, for instance, you know, we have a homelessness crisis, and if we aren't going to solve it with a UBI and other things, we, we could uh, expand Section Eight and create communities out on this public land, like in the in the desert, uh, in the Mojave, and uh, in other places, and create places uh, for these people to go to and live that aren't in these dangerous cities like Los Angeles, where in you, you know. Sprawl is bad for the environment. Okay, but it's a desert. Get over yes. it. Well, it's it, it, it's still you still have more of an effect, and plus you have to put infrastructure out there, and that includes all three. And water, things. yeah, water, water and power are the big ones in the desert. Living in cities is the best. You should, and if anything, the, the cities. Yeah. I think, and this is my opinion. I'm sorry to go on, Ginger, but the the best thing a city could do is decrease zoning laws so we can build the fuck up and not out. That's just uh, thank you. I w- it's up, not out. That's what I was going to say. Actually, actually, hold on, hold on. Zoning laws actually help people to build up, be- and all- because I mean, if you look at uh, places out west, I can't remember if it was Seattle or, or uh, Portland, but they prevented people from going out a certain distance, and so they had to build up to pack in the density. So no, we don't need less zoning better. laws. We, we need, need better. More zoning that's not a zoning laws. law, really. Right. Like, like it, we, we need better zoning laws. Yeah, but yeah, you know, like, like better ones, ones that again, like Jenner says, incentivize the right things, which is building yes. up and not out and and unlike story limits people like in denver people are like oh you're blocking my view of the fucking mountains i'm just like fuck your mountains go go take a day trip out on a light rail of golden or some shit yeah. i live in denver or or build a bigger building next to it you know what i mean yeah. capitalism but, motherfuckers but, but, I, but i don't i don't see why you I don't see why you disagree with you know creating these new communities out in the desert that are much it's, higher and and more dense to put these homeless people because it's it would not, bring. So I, much I don't benefit think it's about. I don't think people. anybody here because there's been this kind of tinge of disagreement. I don't think anybody here is disagreeing. Um, there's there we all want the same thing. We just ha- we're coming at this from different places, and it's about it's about unpacking it in nuanced, long form conversations like this. That is going to shift the public discourse. It's going to move us in the right direction as a society and make us better as communicators. You know, Phil has made me a better science communicator on, on nuclear power, for for example. And I need to be pushed back on too. The, 
I'm yeah. sorry. Have I not been an effective communicator about law and, and, and things like that? No, no you've been great. That's why you're here. That wasn't a dig at you, bro. Really I'm good. saying that like everybody, everybody has a voice to add to this, to this conversation. And we're not at, it's important to flag. We're not actually disagreeing. I don't think Phil would disagree with, with your idea of, of expanding, you know, you know, like low income housing or, or, or whatever to, to, to build better infrastructure. It, it's just a, about the best way to do that. Disagreement's and level fine. of disagreements. Fine. Yeah. And disagreements. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's what our country was built. Well, on. And, and it lets people reevaluate the merit of their argument. So, so you're yeah. by us all talking, we are all making each other's arguments a whole lot better. And I, I think that's also yes. why, why that's why people like Bernie and stuff, are actually not good because it, it doesn't allow people to respectfully disagree very well. But anyway, my caregiver's here, so uh, I'll leave you guys with that. But good talking to you. We'll talk again. Nice meeting you, Chandler. Definitely. And I'm sorry for the insult if you got offended. But yeah. Oh, no, I'm it. not offended. I, uh, I, no, I, 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 gets heated, guys. I have, I have fun arguing, so yeah. yeah. Well, me too. I love it's it. fucking fantastic. Oh, Phil, I fucking love you yeah. so much, man. Make sure to leave the window open, okay? So I don't leave you. I don't yeah, lose much your love, audio. Man. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Peace be with you, brother. I love it. All right. Uh, so. that would, see? See, I knew. Yeah. I knew I mean, this. We get along, but we also get heated in the arguments. It's it's all in the details. The devil is in the details. It it really is. And it's it framing it as framing it as disagreement, I think, is I don't think any of us really disagree on any of this. We just have different we just have different ideas as to how to move forward. And that's really what democracy is. It's just about like, let's hear everybody's ideas um and and try to move through this in a pragmatic and productive way that's going to move us forward instead of create a host of new problems that could potentially hold us back for further, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, Oh God. So productive. Sure. Yeah. Um, At the same time, I think a lot of, I think a lot of politicians fall into the pandering trap where everyone has this uh, opinion about this and that thing that's based on, uh, illiteracy about about the subject and then like you have to make promises based on it but like you can't i mean like you can't really uh perform your promises because the promises are based on a false premise and like it's just you know something to get the crowd riled up and i think a lot of people need to stop being ignorant about that like you were saying about the dumping i don't i don't know about the dumping so i did have an opinion on that but you know if i'm wrong about that i'm, I'm definitely open to to more facts but at the same time what I, my point was more about creating uh, a place to live for these people that don't have a place to live and are finding these tight housing markets in places that should not have tight housing markets simply because of the wealth disparity and gentrification. Yeah. And so I think creating more low-income housing communities out in these places that can eventually be let go off of Section 8 and be given uh, to – and become actual cities out in these places like in Nevada. Like you got Reno and Las Vegas and that's it. So I think creating these bigger – uh, places for these people to congregate and for economic activity to happen would would uh, really help these people and help lower income people uh, in in the short term and in the long term. Absolutely, and um, and one of the, one of the biggest things that needs to be taken into consideration in an idea like that is the fact that like 
Vegas is actually the perfect example because if you look at Landsat data from like groundwater usage, for example, like the middle of the desert is great because there's nothing there. You're not really fucking with the environment too much, but you know, humans require resources to live. We, we require power and we require water at the very least. We require some kind of agriculture. So it, it takes investments and advancements in biotechnology, in, a, in indoor agriculture. It takes advancements in, in hydrological, you know, water reclamation and, and things like that. And, and, in, and, in, hydro, and in hydroponic farming, yes. because I think a lot oh, without- of people are of this. I think, okay, first, I want to I want to make a comment about socialism real quick. Um, I'm opposed to socialism of any kind. And what that means is not, you know, welfare or anything like that. I've already discussed at length that welfare is a necessary function within any uh, economy, especially a capitalist economy. But um, I, I disagree with socialism of any kind, and that's economic concentration into uh, a certain form that is directed by, you know, one or two uh, things that's oligopoly or just one and that's monopoly uh, all of that socialism and communism is is monopoly ordained by law and right now we're seeing in agriculture uh, a sort of socialism under under a corporation we call it corporatism but, it, but that's really what it is it's socialism under the rich and and so um i think that what we need is to encourage smaller farms to get more productive and also to encourage uh urban agriculture in the form of hydroponic farming and well not just vertical but hydroponic vertical farming yeah in indoor highly controlled are you you familiar with fully fully self-sustained water reclaimed that's what i'm saying because if if you do a greenhouse a hydroponic greenhouse with oh yeah yeah yeah. uh, no for sure light which is red and blue light are the only uh, spectrums of light that plants actually use. They don't use any other kinds, so white light is actually highly ineffective. But if you use tailored light like that uh, with LEDs, um, you can actually grow several order t- orders of magnitude uh, uh, more on an acre than than you would have been able to. This is this is great, and I'm I'm so glad that you've just discovered the show recently because you're 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 scratching and, and digging at at. It's stuff that we've been trying to unpack on the show for a long time. Um, one of the first series that we started was the Green Revolution, was which was about advancements in agriculture and how we can improve conversations there. Um, and one of the plant scientists that I got on, Kevin Folto, was very much along these lines. They're like, no, you can actually use light. Um, as a scientist, what he does is he is he uses light. Uh, one of the things anyway, to trick the plant's biochemistry yeah. into being more productive than it ordinarily would be. Um, so it's, there is, oh my God, there's so much, there is so much to get into there. Like we just at the 11th hour opened up conversations around <laughs> nuclear power and agriculture. And Phil is the president of Americans for Nuclear Energy. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. This this guy is a, a rock star in nuclear power. He very very fucking much knows his shit, um, and I am I am an agriculture guy. So like I have immediate flags that I need to resolve with you on uh, on our farming and how we grow in terms of large scale, small scale corporate farming or whatever. But oh my god, that is a separate conversation. That yeah, I like, mean I, that's I, a I whole. Took, other I took hour. a I, I took classes in high school, and you know I like I, I took uh, I took you know, a class on that. And I, and I also for five years lived in a very agricultural based uh, community. In fact, one of the major colleges that everyone was going to go to is ABAC, Alec Baldwin 
I don't Alec Baldwin, but uh, something Baldwin uh, Agricultural College. Why did I say Alec, Alec Baldwin? Ball- but, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I'm sorry. You get what I fucking mean. But we called it. Oh, we called it a back. Okay, we're just gonna call it a back. But um, <laughs> but anyways, it's a very. Oh, I was doing the Matt Damon thing. I I that was a Team America reference, uh, mm-hmm. and I went Alec Baldwin. It was no Matt Damon. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> same shit. It's the same yeah, fucking cool, shit. But, yeah. God, Matt and Trey. If I don't get them on the fucking show somebody, but, um, I'm going to be so yeah, sad. Yeah, man. Also, <laughs> uh, real quick plug since you said that. Guys, if you're listening, Mindwave is in trouble. It is dying because Jenner is in a tough economic spot right now. He, his landlord has not renewed his lease. I'm sorry to put your business out there, but you won't fucking do it, so I have to. Um, so this dude... Uh, is in a tough spot. He doesn't have any money. And he has to save every penny he can. He doesn't have a job either. Um, so, uh, and he lives way out in the desert of Arizona. So he, he has to pay $25 a month in order to keep the podcast uh, up on this uh, site. And nobody's been paying him. And that's why, you know, he hounded you before about the money because he needs it. Like this podcast is going to die without donations. If you are a fan uh, there's a guy with the initials MY that I know has probably some money. Can you please send some his way or any of the others that uh, possibly uh, are fans of the show that listen? Please. But, um, but, uh, but, um, I I love I love it, man. I'm 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 bad at that. I'm bad I'm bad at the uh, shameless self promotion thing, but. I really appreciate that because it is it is kind of true. Like the continuation of the show is by no means guaranteed. Um, I if I have to make this podcast from living inside my car and recording, you know, on Wi-Fi wherever I can get a chance in any coffee shop, I'm gonna make this show continue. However, I fucking can. Um, but it it really just is about like let's keep this going. And if if you appreciate what we're trying to do here. If you liked this conversation, please consider throwing me a couple bucks because I'm not getting it from Squarespace. I'm not getting it from some stupid mattress company. I'm not getting it from Hawking Energy Supplements. I'm not getting it from running and not Raid Shadow Legends either. Yeah. Or or running <laughs> pre rolls or, or mid rolls on YouTube videos. You will never come across a Mindwave video on YouTube that will be interrupted by fucking ads. And if you appreciate that, um, uh, you know, take Chandler's advice, <laughs> but, uh, but this is fucking great, man. I'm, I'm ready to keep going. Um, let's... yeah, but wait, I, I had a point to make, but now I forget what it was. Can you please tell me what was the, one of the things that I was saying about, uh, it was, it was agriculture, wasn't it? And, uh, that but, it is, it's, you know, that is a huge, uh, like that, that is an entirely another, uh, domain to get into for sure. Um, uh, what, what I was thinking bro was that we're at an hour and 20 now so what i'm gonna do um i'm gonna call this recording i'm gonna cut it take a quick break and then you and i you and i can come back and we'll record an after show because we need to get more after show content so we will keep we will keep this going all right man like come on i could go for five hours like honestly just talking about random crap about politics economics whatever like i'm sure that i educated you and and uh 
and uh, and uh, and uh, and to feel a little bit about the economic situation because I am an economics nerd. And if listener, uh, if you already knew this, this is not me sucking my own dick. This is me being like, hey, I'm actually happy because I know a little bit more than than, than other people. I'm not a complete fucking retard. So I'm sorry, but like whenever, whenever, like I'm I'm autistic, and so like I get made. Uh, like like in school, people thought I was a fucking retard, and so like this is me being like, "Fuck you!" So yeah, <laughs> it it takes it takes um, the uh, the autistic people who uh, who who nerd out over this shit to sometimes go fuck you to the uh, lazy brains who uh, refuse to go there. So no, man, it's great. This is what the show is entirely all about. It's about creating the sandbox of ideas. For us to play in it requires that we play with our own toys we may not always get along i mean th- th- this got like just ever so briefly not heated but just like the energy and 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 the fire came out and i'm so glad because like the, the all of these Im- issues are so fucking important and almost nobody is talking about them almost nobody again this is like this is like the online revolutionary congress if if we're if we're using america yeah. since- you know, you know, uh, France had the National Assembly. Uh, we we have the fucking Revolutionary Congress right now. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, Boone Hem, she's she's doing something. She's going like ancient roots. She's trying to bring back the agora of ancient Greece. This kind of like place for open discourse. And I'm very much like a fruity little nerd. I'm very much trying to build the dog from the Lego Movie, which is just like the giant dog head that we all get in the big silly slobbery dog head and just kind of like try to unpack this stuff. So like it, it, it the framing thing, but that totally is it. It's like, well, uh, the government's not doing a great job. The, the conversation, the discourse has broken down there. That's why nothing is really getting done. And it takes the shifting of the cultural conversation. It takes that shifting of public, the public opinion which is really our main goal here is to shift public opinion on these things by exposing people to ideas that they may not have heard before by challenging them on rhetoric that they've been espousing that they might not know isn't necessarily um, uh, as defensible as, as they might think. And um, this has been my whole go-to on gender politics and on climate change and on economics and on philosophy and all, all of it. Yeah, I want someone. To, I want someone to. I want someone to give me an argument for. Like, this is gonna open up a can of worms, and people are gonna fucking hate me. But I want someone to give me an argument for uh, being a non-binary person that isn't. Well, these people have the right to feel whatever they want. Eh. I want you to actually give me an argument about like why someone should feel non-binary. Because to me, all it is is just you're you're projecting your personality onto your sexuality, and that's not okay with me. <laughs> I'm, Oh, God. See, we just opened up another goddamn can of worms trailer. And this this is actually this is a good way to close it out because um, I got attacked recently because I've brought up trans issues several times on this show um, now anyway. But I, I got attacked recently. I, I got my very first pitchfork, guys, my very first one. Somebody called me out and called me a transphobe for for challenging this notion that, um, quote, genital preferences, unquote, are transphobic, um, which is an insane sentence if you f- <laughs> if you think about it for five seconds. But I got attacked for this um, because it is homophobic. And if you really think about it, it is actually heterophobic, too. If you're telling straight people, if you're telling straight men 
that it's bigoted for them to only like biological women. This is it's also bi focused yes, because yes. um because bi people get a lot of shit because we uh like first off we said that you know we're probably gonna cheat more just by nature of liking both sexes but also if we have a preference one for another they're gonna be oh like you're not actually bi like no just because I'm bi doesn't mean I like both equally like I'm gonna tell you like even though I'm dating a hermaphrodite and, and a boy and, and all this other mess like. I mainly like uh, females and the female figure. It's it's why the guy that I'm with is a trap. I'm just saying. I mean, I, there's also this Asian boy that was kind of tall, but like that was a while ago. And I'm Sayuri, if you're listening, hi. I uh, I hope you're doing all right. <laughs> but yeah, man, like this, like that whole premise just shits on so many people and the reality of people's complex feelings. And I think that you can't mandate somebody else think the way that you do. <laughs> so, like, I get that I can't force, like, other people to not adopt these things. But at the same time, I want you to give me an argument for it because the only arguments I'm getting back are arguments against me speaking out against it. Yeah. Yeah. It's garbage. It's garbage. Uh, mo- most of the retorts to a lot of these complex, nuanced arguments that we are going to get by exposing some of this stuff on Mindwave, it is just like, no, you're shut up, get out. You know, it is that. And it like those people are going to lose. Like conversation is going to be the thing that's going to win because all it is is exposing people to ideas that they may have never been exposed to before. I mean, just look at just look at nowadays. Look at nowadays, and and what it's what what's happening. Like after Trump got in office and all, like a lot of it was a rejection of 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 sex yes. politics and 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 identity politics, and a lot of it was, and that's why the culture has shifted so much to where okay, we accept some, but some of it is just like we roll our eyes at it and just keep moving, and we ignore you if you ever like try to like cause a freaking scene about it. Um, so that's where the culture is now, and I'm proud that the culture is that way now, and we can start ignoring these fools. Finally, ring the bell ten times because I don't have a fucking bell. Not yet. I'll get. I'll get you one. Everybody's getting a bell. If you're a friend of the show or if you're a, a longtime fan, everybody is gonna get a bell. I'm gonna order a shitload of these on Amazon. I'm gonna find a special kind of sharpie to be able to sign them, uh, in in a way that's gonna stay there forever, so that uh, for all the people who come on the show regularly, you should have your own bell. Um, so I, I am going to make that happen, but we are at about an hour and a half here. And this was just a fantastic, fantastic fucking political shitstorm episode. Um, Chandler, hang out for a minute. We barely, we'll, barely we'll get... got into the actual gaff and shitstorm. That was super. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like it, so much of this is like starting the conversation. Uh, and then like. It's just like we we got an hour and a half in, and again we have barely scratched the surface, and that's why this podcast is an ongoing thing. That's why it's just about getting the ideas out there now, building on them, yeah, uh, and 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 growing and evolving together. So uh, yeah, I th- I think let's go ahead and call it here. If you have any final plugs or thoughts, to what what was uh, <laughs> how how was your first political shitstorm, bro? How are you feeling? It was- actually pretty good man um i feel i feel pretty good like this is my bojo like i know the other time that uh, like the last time that i was on here we talked about um we talked about religion and i made my opinions very clear there that uh well actually i didn't make my story clear but i did make my opinions clear about the the state of the church and i i do want to get back into that i want to get back actually we should make a whole segment on my way reclaiming the church um but um oh man 
See, Chandler, you're already on like 15 lists because I I have you on for the outrage machine. I have you on for reclaiming patriotism. I have you on for reclaiming masculinity. I have you on for humanity first. I have you on for political shitstorm. I have you on like already on board for so many of these other projects, and I'm so glad to have you here. Look, just just make me a permanent member like of Mindwave. Period. Make me a co-host or something. This this this, this is what the sandbox is all about. The sandbox is about it's an incubator for new voices and new content creators to emerge into the world and ha- find a place to be able to hear their voice for the first time. Because like, bro, you're you're edgy as fuck. You've used some words that I'm I might not personally choose to use in my everyday vernacular, but that is going to resonate with somebody else very 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 strongly. Uh, the the edginess, not give a fuckingness, because I have I have some of that, but you have more of that fire than I do. Phil has more of that fire than I do, uh, but that's why I fucking oh yeah, like I, I, I'm a complete not give a fuck about about anyone. Like if if and if you get mad at me and you start this, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, why don't you actually you know argue against me and we'll get into it. But whenever I actually get yeah. into the weeds with these people, they have no argument. As soon as you cut off their emotional reaction, they have no argument about anything. Yes, and that's why this conversation is gonna win. Ultimately, it's just about getting it out there and getting it down. Um, this has been a fantastic fucking political shitstorm episode. I was thinking about calling it "Eat the Rich." That seems to be the uh, <laughs> the the underlying theme to all of it. But I, I will brainstorm on that, and once I get this into post, it'll be a whole thing. But I am going to go ahead and call it here. If you enjoyed my conversation with Chandler, you're probably going to enjoy our after show even more, which you will only be able to hear if you become a friend of the show by going to mindwave.media, scrolling down to the bottom of the page, and supporting me on Patreon or PayPal. You can send a one-off on Cash App. But uh, to really get the access to the goody, 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 good, 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 good stuff, um, it's, it's the $5 level or more per month. We'll get you access to the after show and all of the other bonus content yeah. that we produce. Hey, if, if you guys want me to be a, a co-host, throw a dollar to Jenner, and then like if you have like after you're done throwing a dollar to him, like there, there's a my PayPal is on his website now. I think uh, he can correct me if I'm wrong. And I I need to update the website. I, I actually Dude. need a person for that, but it's it's no, oh, I it's too, I much, okay. too much to do. Too I, much to do. Uh, I I uh, I am the founder, creator, director, editor, host, post production master, social media director. I am everything for fucking Mindwave right now. All the hats. So um, and the website builder. So just- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I am sorry. Okay, fine, fine, fine. This gets into what I'm saying. Uh, if you want him to actually get some fucking help, and you also want me to be co-host, because like we're all, we're actually on opposite sides of the country, so there's also that kind of perspective difference. But if you want me to be a co-host, throw a dollar his way, and then throw a dollar my way at paypal.me slash chandlerbryant1, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R-B-R-Y-A-N-T with a one after it, and it's all lowercase. Yes, and I'm gonna, I am going to get you in the sandbox immediately because you are, you are one of the next things on my list. And um, in, in terms of where to go for the studio for texture because um listener if you didn't if we didn't uh drop that earlier i'm actually producing eps for both chandler and connor uh i've never made hip-hop or rap before but i'm gonna try and i'm gonna produce both of these guys uh and we'll see how it goes so 
this goes well beyond just chats. Yeah, I uh, I, I said before that I uh, that I had to uh, cash a check before. It was actually my uh, tax return, or yeah, we'll just call it my tax return. Um, and so I'm able to actually pay him to help me with making my EP. So yeah. It's gonna be fucking fun as hell, man. I I've never tried. Oh, <coughs> Jesus! I've never um, I've never tried to make rap before. Seriously, anyway, you you've heard the ridiculous shit post, um, a uh, rap track that I made about picking up dog poopies, which oh is the God. worst thing in the world. Yes, I love. And there was that one Indian dude that was like, oh, I love this American rap. And it's like, oh, no, this is not American rap. This is joke rap. This is not rap. And I refuse to let you say that it is. No. Yeah. It's 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 kind of like what if Lonely Island got autism is kind of pig shit taco. That's like what would happen there. Uh, but, you know, I, I've, um, this is weird. If you if you look at our, our, our voice waves, mine is very continuous. And then like my tones kind of moan into the next word, whereas yours are very clear and crisp. Yeah, you're, we're getting a tiny little bit of mic feedback, too, which I, I, I think might be c- contributing to that. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Here, let me, uh, can I, uh, can you, is it better now? Uh, no, it, it might just be, it might just be an artifact. It might not actually be coming through in the actual audio. We will have okay, to see. Okay, how about that? How about that now? Um, is whatever, whatever the crunchy poppiness, I'm still hearing it. Oh, but at, at any rate, we will, we will, uh, unpack that briefly before we get into our after show. Um, this has been Political Shitstorm 2020, uh, uh temporary title, Eat the Rich. Uh, with Chandler Bryant and Mindwave All-Star Phil Ord. Thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this project with us. Head to mindwave.media for all of the juicy goodies and links uh, for how you can be a part of this. Chandler, do you have any uh, a last little cosmic nugget of wisdom to drop before we uh, close this out? Absolutely. And it's this. It's the show's new... Um, it's, the, it's the new motto. Get, let's get mythological and it's a myth make yourself think harder let's get mythological baby we're yes. out reclaiming personal responsibility be smart you know don't be a lazy brain to keep going back to Ariel Bakshanda because he does this he's his message is the same and he's a dick too you're gonna love Ariel man I cannot wait to get you guys on together and like see how that unpacks because we're all very much like it on the like I don't give a fuck this needs to be said kind of wavelength which I love uh, this is this is my absolute jam so thank you so much for being a part of this with me Chandler and uh, many Im- immensely cosmic gratitude to fucking Phil for being here since day one and helping make this thing happen I have been Jenner this has been Mindwave we will talk to you next time we're out people Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, and Boone Hemp. 
Join the MindWave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the MindWave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the MindWave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at MindWavePodcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at MindWaveJenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at MindWaveJosh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The MindWave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. <laughs>